Yeah, you know, I actually define um, desires as a category of emotions. And so um, we, we have no control over what emotions we experience. They kind of happen to us. And the same with desires, like, you know, I, I don't know why I love chocolate ice cream and I don't really care too much for Rocky Road or whatever, but I just do, I, I just do. Um, I don't know why I find, you know, this person so attractive, but this person not for me, I, I don't know, but it just sort of happens. And so if we can validate whatever our desires are too, that's gonna also bring us back into sync with reality. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. So hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mengena, here uh, still on a weird international adventure. Uh, I just want you guys to join me in giving Dr. Alex Wells a, a round of applause because for some reason, he's one of those strange people that's Cool with being up at 6.30 in the morning just to talk to us. We're honoured to have him. Without further ado, it was a warm waffling from me. Dr. Dubs, why don't you let the people know who you are and what it is you do? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It's early, but I'm uh, wide awake. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, psychiatrist here in the States. Um, I live up in Idaho and I just wrote a book called Give a F Actually. Reclaim Yourself with the Five Steps of Radical Emotional Acceptance. I'm here to help people have a better relationship with their own emotions. Wow. Well, uh, one of the Danisms that we love to preach here is that reality wraps around how you feel. And time and time again, I've seen that the quality of the life that people are able to create from themselves really comes down to a conscious relationship to the emotions that relate to that. And then the ability to navigate the the things that happen in life so that you can actually be aligned with the emotions that lead to the outcome. But I'm going to shut up on that and dive a bit more into you, the actual pro that knows how this stuff works, and get a little insight from you on this. So in terms of emotions, how big a role do they really play on our day-to-day -day life experience from your professional, uh, your professional experience? I mean, if you think about it, emotions are everything. If it were possible just to sit on the couch and feel enlightened and completely content, then we would have no problems. You know, mm -hmm. our relationships, our success, money, uh, everything we do, health, it comes down to emotions and if we can, you know, feel, feel good about things. And so um, I noticed throughout my studies in medical school and residency that people didn't seem to really understand emotions. And the more questions I asked, the more confused I got, <laughs> particularly with what people call those negative emotions. Mm. Um, I don't even use the word negative emotions because my um, premise is that all emotions are good. All emotions are there to try to help us. So if we can figure out the good of the, about these painful, scary, or sad emotions, uh, what they're trying to do for us, then there no longer is a problem. Mm, mm, mm. So it's um, almost like the law of relativity. Everything just is until it's compared to something else, right? And so anger is only a negative if the context of that anger is disempowering, it impedes others, it's harming us or someone else, versus it being the energy, for example, that empowers us to save a family member or to do something or take the action that needs to be taken. Is that kind of the right tree to be barking up with this? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I 
I, I make a very important point of separating out the emotion from the feeling. So the emotion I just define as the pure, raw, visceral sensation. So anger, you can feel it in your body, sadness, disgust, hate, whatever the emotion might be. Uh, when you add a story to it, uh, the story is often toxic and the story can mislead us down a wrong road and start to get into false beliefs about ourselves or the situation. So we want to do our best to validate the true emotion, separate out the story, disbelieve the story, and also the actions are separate too. You can be absolutely angry, and yet your actions could be whatever you choose for them to be. So I mm -hmm. actually enjoy when I have an intense anger, or I enjoy when I have some really deep sadness, um, because it's telling me some truth about reality. It doesn't mean I have to act or behave in a certain way or believe mm. some toxic story. So what about the person who's listening that will be like, oh, you've got to be a psychopath to be able to completely disassociate with your emotions like that. Um, is it that we're being sort of weird, having a weird fetish, oh, I'm going to have some anger today? Or is it that, hey, anger is part of the human experience. And as long as I can just allow anger to be part of the human experience, I can have it. I can continue with my life without it being something that, you know, um, pulls me by the ears and makes me do things that, aren't necessarily of empowerment to myself or others. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and it does seem a bit paradoxical on the surface. You know, most people are familiar with the um, best-selling book out there, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Yeah. Um, I wrote my book, you know, G Give a F, actually. Because, <laughs> because um, I, I found the subtle art of not giving an F was actually the, the subtle art of disassociating or, mm -hmm. you know, trying to um, believe uh, that we don't have the emotions that we actually have. So, mm. you know, quite the opposite. I, I try to pull us back to reality. Like we don't choose the emotions we have. Emotions happen to us. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if we can be in tune with reality, make sense of that, um, we're going to navigate the world better. Mm, that actually comes down to um, the first step in my building tension paradigm, which is accept, which is really just being at peace with what is so that you have the the capacity uh, and you're in the mental and emotional space to actually then start to say, okay, well, do I want to continue feeling like this? Um, is there something in my environment that's triggered something that was unpleasant for me or that's disempowering to me? Are there some choices that I need to make about the people, places and things that I'm in? Because that, those environmental in, um, inputs are generating those emotional states for me. Or is there something, like you said, that I can learn about myself or about my reality from my emotional response to something? Um, so I'm really with you on that. Uh, I haven't read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Flugelrod, but it was actually just mentioned in a book I'm reading at the moment. Uh, she actually referenced it. So it's actually quite uh, uh, synchronous that you, that you pulled it up. But yeah, I mean, I think as humans, how often do we run away from what is and, and think that that's the part of creating something new versus the power that comes from stepping into the fullness of what is so that we can actually be conscious and directing what we go to next, right? Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of really helpful stuff about accepting reality. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, you know, helped me in my personal development and growth so much. Mm -hmm. However, I haven't seen it applied to emotions. Usually mm -hmm. when it comes to emotions, people are like, how do I work through this? Mm -hmm. How do I fix this emotion? How do I, you know, avoid it or, or get rid of the negative emotions? But if we can accept um, the emotions as they are without trying to fix them, then we can become truly empowered. Mm, love it, love it, love it. So 
it sounds like there's been some inspiration for you in your journey to bring you to the point where this is something that you wanted to share with the world. As someone who also writes books, I know how much of a how much of a, a a baby birthing process that could be. Sorry, ladies, I know I don't appreciate the fullness of baby birthing, but this is as close as we man folk are going to get. Um, so, did you wake up one morning and like I must share this with the world? Everyone must know this, or was it more like a, a subtle growing and gathering of ideas that became a book at some point? Yeah, you know, in psychiatry residency, I fell in love with psychotherapy. I swallowed a psychotherapy pill and I became <laughs> all of the different modalities. Um, you know, I've done you know 15,000 hours plus of wow. one-on-one psychotherapy with patients and couples and whatnot. And as much as I love, you know, helping people one-on-one, at a certain point, I'm like, I want to get this out to the masses because, mm. you know, I, I don't want to just, you know, piece by piece, um, if I can somehow create these stories that people can identify with and understand these concepts, then instead of just helping, you know, one person at a time, I could help, you know, hopefully thousands and thousands. Mm. I love it. I love it. Purpose driven stuff <laughs> I was trying to find another alliteration but I couldn't find a p word I'm sorry listeners I did my best forgive me forgive me so 15,000 hours I'm still a bit caught off on that that's a lot of hours you don't really look yeah, old enough to have done that many hours bro <laughs> it's it's amazing you start to add it up you're like wow like uh you know if you've ever read um I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about the the 10,000 yeah, 10, hours the 10 dark you know? years or the 10,000 hours Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy how if you keep, you know, plugging away after, after a while, you just kind of, you know, get deeper and deeper and deeper into the same kind of subject and the same kind of um, art, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to people and we're going to make sure we pop some info in the show notes for people to get hold of this book. And I'm going to make sure it goes on my um, my book a week challenge list as well. So I can I can dig into myself because I'm I'm really interested to see, especially where this crosses over with the work that I'm doing. I'm, I'm really excited to dive into that. But for someone that is going in into this book, what are some of the challenges that you've seen people present about the ideas that you put forward? Maybe even before they even pick the book up, like what are some objections that people get to before they even give it a try? Uh, well, the first step of radical emotional acceptance is to drop the F shield or, you know, we use the F bomb for the term like a, a painful emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we see a lot of uh, defense mechanisms. We see people trying to justify, rationalize, intellectualize. Um, they're, they're still trying to fix the emotion. It's kind of hard to wrap our minds around the idea of, wait, wait a minute, you want me to be sad? Mm-hmm. Wait, you want me to be angry? You mm-hmm. want me to feel disappointed and you want me to feel the emotion of hate like i i don't i don't do that i, mm-hmm. I I've, I've my entire life you know being able to not ascend it and move person, it into the heavens you and know move it beyond these base <laughs> exactly and so, mm-hmm. so to, um, the, the concepts are kind of simple in a way however um, I find that the coaching is really mm-hmm. the challenging part. You know, people sort of need to be coached. Um, in psychotherapy, you have to make it real for them. They have to experience where the rubber meets the road in their own lives, which is why I use uh, fictionalized characters so people can try to relate and find themselves uh, in some of the stories. Mm, awesome, awesome. So it's almost like allowing people to dissociate so that they can connect, to lose right. the connection that's creating the block so that they can create the connection that's going to lead to the growth. Have I, did I say that? There you right? go. 
it, it sounds like it was right. I don't know. I don't know. No, but that fascinates me. <laughs> that's fascinating me because, yeah, especially when we look at, you know, the personal development world, uh, the spiritual community, I've been in quite a few over the years and, and watching the, the bypassing. I actually posted about this on Instagram the other day. A lot of people are, are basically running away from personal development and saying, oh, no, I'm enlightened and, and, and jumping over the work of actually developing personally or running away from the growth because they're saying that they're so grown already. The, I know that already thing. So I think it's lovely that people are going to get the opportunity through this work from what I'm gathering so far to be able to have the human experience of emotions and yet still have the enlightenment of not necessarily needing to allow that to pollute the physical aspect of their experience here. You know, in the um, spiritual community, you may have heard the um, term uh, spiritual bypassing, bypassing. Mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. uh, I was actually inspired by that. Um, I, I use the term emotional bypassing and how mm -hmm. um, so often we try to not experience uh, emotions that we don't want to experience and how mm -hmm. that actually hurts us. And so mm -hmm. if we can stop doing that and we can be present with the reality of whatever emotions come in the moment, then we're back to peace and uh, connection to reality. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I think one of the things, again, this the same book I'm reading at the moment, I'm reading a book called The Polyamory Paradox, which um, I'm finding really quite fascinating. A friend of mine, shout out Big Thor, uh, for recommend. I think it's his friend who actually wrote the book, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But, um, but yeah, one of the things that she actually speaks to is the fact that regardless of whether we want to talk about spiritual experience and mental experiences, at the end of the day, there's still going to be a physical component to what we're doing. There's still going to be a three-dimensional aspect to what we're doing. And they can all sit in harmony and be in different places without necessarily one being suffocated, for example, an emotion or a feeling. Uh, because people don't just suffocate, quote unquote, negative emotions, they also suffocate, quote unquote, positive ones too, right? Oh, I'm going to hold back this love that I have, or I'm going to hold myself back from this desire for the chocolate cake or whatever. Whereas if you just allow the desire to be in your body and enjoy it, then you could actually have the pleasantries of that experience without necessarily needing to go and put on another 20 pounds from eating a chocolate cake every day. You can just enjoy the experience of the desire for the cake. And it's even when I speak about, um, you know, relationships, and I, I love the whole concept that ultimately we don't really choose who we're going to be sexually attracted to, right? Um, you know, someone could be in a long-term relationship, marriage or whatever, a monogamous relationship. There's going to be times when you're going to fancy the pants of someone walking down the street. What if we just allowed ourselves to experience that feeling of desire or whatever it is, rather than suppressing it or chasing after it? It's, oh, you know, I'm quite enjoying the thing of looking at that pleasant young man or that pleasant young lady or that pleasant young human. And then... Carry on with your life, having the gift of having that pleasant experience versus, oh, I'm sacrileged. I have, I have lusted after. <laughs> right. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, I actually define um, desires as a category of emotions. And so mm. um, we, we have no control over what emotions we experience. They kind of happen to us. Mm -hmm. And the same with desires. Like, you know, I, I don't know why I love chocolate ice cream and I mm -hmm. don't really care too much for Rocky Road or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just do. I, I just do. Um, I don't know why I find, you know, this person so attractive, but this person not for me. I, I don't know, but it just sort of happens. And so if we can validate whatever our desires are, too that's mm -hmm. going to also bring us back into sync with reality 
Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, what are some other nuggets that people can expect to pull away from the book? I'm sure everyone that's listening is already frantically going to go and grab themselves a copy. But for for those that are still like, mm, it sounds okay, but I'm not quite sure. What are some other nuggets that you can you can share from the book? Well, I know that you like to talk about um, gratitude too, mm-hmm. um, and you know, step five of radical emotional acceptance. And and by the way, I love that you said it's kind of like having your own child. And I nicknamed it uh, Ria for radical emotional acceptance. R E A. Love it. So love it's, it, my, love it. it's my daughter uh, Ria putting that into the world right there. Oh, amazing. Um, but step five is um, having a pure, uh, sincere gratitude for the F or for the mm-hmm. emotion. If you can somehow creatively find sincere gratitude for painful emotions or unpleasant emotions and see that they're actually good for you, they're trying to help you, there no longer is a problem. And so that's kind of a, that was a huge epiphany moment when I kind of discovered that in my own life. How has the journey of bringing this book to life impacted you in your own personal development and growth journey? Yeah, I mean, I have to practice what I preach. And mm-hmm. you know, as I'm you know, helping patients with these concepts, which are all from evidence-based psychotherapy, I'm not just kind of spouting out some pseudoscience nonsense. <laughs> no? But, you oh, know, man. <laughs> I was kind I know, of right? for some, some spouted pseudoscience. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I have to, you know, I have to actually practice radical emotional acceptance myself. And mm. um, I, I do find, you know, um, it's almost like a brain transplant. Uh, you you start to um, you start to behave differently when you start to um, instead of your go to is like okay how do I get rid of this emotion how do I get rid of the pain how do I avoid this emotion your go to is like bring it on I want to feel more mm-hmm. sadness I want to feel more discomfort mm-hmm. um, but then you start to see the benefits of that and you're like wow I don't have to waste so much energy trying to suppress these emotions anymore. Because a lot of energy does actually go into suppression and avoidance. It could go into creating, it could go into having a more expansive experience. And I think as people start to play with these concepts that you're inviting us to look at, a lot of that energy will be freed up. I mean, how much suffering is it? Well, does it suffering comes from um, from the judgment and the the pushing down of, rather than the experience, which just moves in the waves through us anyway. You can have the wave. Oh, I had the wave. Oh, bring some more waves. Okay, I had the wave. Oh, rather than, no, I do not want the wave. And getting knackered, sort of pushing the waves away. Oh, I get away from it, a wave of emotion. Oh, it's really cool. And there was actually a concept that we speak about at the Alchemy of Abundance event that all emotion is power because all of it is energy. And actually, we can actually channel that energy and use it to create regardless of the quality of it. And actually, the more intense an emotion is, the more the... Uh, the polarity of it also exists as a potential in the same space. So if I do have all of this sadness, there must be an equal amount of joy that's available for me to tap into. And if instead of avoiding the sadness, I feel it in its fullness, and as it moves past, allow that heightened experience I've connected to fully to channel into something more pleasant. Um, it's not an avoidance. It's actually just a almost a transmutation experience. Have you found that transmutation is something that's scientifically real, or is it more pseudo in your experience? I mean, you've got 15,000 hours, so you've got to be the guy that knows. <laughs> you, you know, um, it, with the phenomenon, and, and, and emotions to me are still more of a phenomenon because although we can scientifically measure, you know, different uh, activity in the amygdala and whatnot's going on, um, it, is, it is a bit magical still. And mm. um, 
I actually launched a podcast that you're definitely invited to be one of cool. my first guests Thank on. You. I appreciate that. Same name of the book, uh, you know, Give a F Podcast. And <laughs> I guess we actually try to apply radical emotional acceptance. And, and the deal is, is we want to find out exactly, like you said, how do these painful emotions, how do these unpleasant emotions directly transmute into motivation and you know desire for what emotional needs we don't have and how are they actually giving us that energy in order to achieve that mm, 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 mm. love it love it love it the miracle of emotions the magic of emotions the mystery of emotions uh, and uh, the work of you to bring this to into a format in an evidenced real tangible way so we can start to channel and tap that and drop some of the, the negative connotations around it. I mean, this is something as well. I mean, how many people are creating more suffering for themselves, making them wrong for emotions, like you said, that they don't even have a control over versus allowing themselves to feel it, learning what they can from it, and perhaps creating an environment that supports them having different emotions or different experience going forward, right? Well said, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Love that, love that, love that. If you had one emotion that you could feel for an entire day, what would be your go-to? <laughs> I know you've got a favorite child. Come on, what's your favorite one? Yeah, I mean, the first that pops into my mind is joy, of course. I mean, mm -hmm. I want that. How about you? Do you know what? I'm actually going through, I've been going for the past, I want to say, 14 months, a deep exploration of my relationship to my emotions and embodiment. I've been doing some somatic body work and a lot of breath work and stuff. I just came back from a, a retreat that I actually got to speak at in Belize on the same thing. And I would say, I don't know yet. I'm actually still learning what it feels like to have a direct relationship to the emotions I'm feeling in my body rather than making it a cognitive experience, actually making it a body-based experience. And so I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, certain things can be maybe thought of as an emotion, such as, uh, you know, love. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, what, what is the emotion of love? What, what does that feel like in your body? And to explore that, you know, deeply. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm noticing right now such a desire arising to kind of, you know, dive into that. And that's, a, that's another way we can sort of be guided by the emotions, um, you know, noticing those desires and having curiosity about them. Mm -mm. It feels like curiosity is a really powerful tool for someone who maybe is having some resistance to this, uh, this exploration that you're inviting us into. You know, what if there was something lovely on the other side of this emotion? Or maybe there isn't something lovely and there's a shadow that we get to explore and learn more about ourselves so that we can have a fuller experience. But it feels like curiosity is one. Are there any others that kind of jump out at, at you as... As, as, as tools that'd be really powerful for someone who wants to apply the, the game that you're inviting us to play? Yeah, you know, um, I did the five steps kind of method just to make it more applicable so people can coach themselves and practice using it. Uh, in step three, it's listen to the F um, mm -hmm. and curiosity is, is a big, big key. Once we mm -hmm. try, uh, once we stop trying to fix the emotion or work through it or avoid it or do that tough emotional inner child work or whatever people do, and we start to just have curiosity. We're like, you know, I, I like to think of these emotions as like little children versions of ourselves and kind of like welcoming them in and saying like, um, you know, be a part of me and uh, what are you here for? Um, how, how are you trying to help me? What can I learn from you? Um, how can I sort of um, employ you to 
make me aware of certain things to help me navigate my life. Um, so I like to use a lot of analogies um, and sort of mental practices like that. And you said you used a fictional character in order to bring the story of the book together. Yeah, so I'm actually kind of in the book as a character <laughs> of myself. Talking with fictionalized patients. Yeah. And so you just meet um, a number, like you, there's probably a dozen different uh, interesting characters in there. So it's sort of a story within some stories about it, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, and, and, and just, again, listener, whoever's listening to this right now, I do encourage you to take a look at this. I, for one, I'm seeing some very clear crossovers with the Beyond Intention paradigm. And I feel that this is definitely something for those of you who are practicing that conscious approach to creating your reality that's not victim-led, that's not suppressive, that's expansive and, and wants to have, have more abundance and joy. It feels like this is definitely a, a set of tools that will definitely help you. So I want you to, 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 to really click on the link and go and grab that. And also we'll make sure we'll put a link to your podcast as well so people can follow you along on that journey too. But for the person who's not a Kindle lover and wants to wait for the paperback and maybe... Amazon's not going to get it there in a couple of days. Um, what's something that someone can start doing right now as they listen to, the, you know, listen to this episode to start to bring some of this magic into their life, in your opinion? You know, just ask yourself one question. What if these emotions are not a problem? Mm -hmm. Then what? And then mm -hmm. you can start to just become curious and start to learn from them instead of trying to, you know, battle reality and gaslight yourself and tell yourself you should have different emotions than you do have. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. Dr. Alex, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us today and uh, bathing us in your 15,000 hours plus of, of wisdom and experience. Uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into this book myself and, and following the journey of this and seeing how it crosses over with some of the, the work that we're doing. But really, just having another real tangible, qualified person giving us that permission slip to just feel what we feel and to be okay with being human and having emotions. So thank you for the work you're doing, appreciate you. Have you got any parting thoughts for the listeners today? Uh, no, you can check me out on RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com. Uh, my team put together a merch store so you can wear emotional Ooh. beanies and Ooh. cell phone cases and all the other stuff. But thank amazing. you, Daniel, so much for having me on. This is amazing. No, the pleasure's mine, pleasure's mine. So guys, make sure you go over and, and check out um, Radical Emotional Acceptance. RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com, yeah. RadicalEmotionalAcceptance.com. We'll pop the link for that in the show notes too. Guys, I don't know what else I could say other than that. Uh, we, we've definitely been blessed with something that's going to empower us to, to move with self-love, with self-compassion, with self-acceptance through our human experience and to do so expansively, playfully, and uh, definitely more texturedly, I think, as well. Um, Keep dreaming with your eyes open, guys. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. We've definitely got some tips today on how we can do that. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.